Common sense is not so common. And in an era where global uncertainty is rampant and government is out of control, this is the show making sense of all the madness. Broadcasting live from the Arizona desert, you can't dodge the Hodge. Here's your host, Dave Hodges. Hey everybody, Dave Hodges here in the guest segment of our show. Thank you for joining us. This is the Common Sense Show. We are the show that is freeing America one enslaved mind at a time. And I want you to take note of something here. The products that we bring forward to support this show, pay for the platform, the airtime and so forth, they are products you need in a crisis. And we are in a crisis. So in that spirit, not fear-mongering, but in the spirit of trying to provide our audience with a service that could help them even save their lives, we present the following. I believe very much in MPS. It's safe, it's more than affordable with $100 off the four week package. People are buying multiple sets of this to get to their minimum goals. It's also, ladies and gentlemen, tasty, restaurant quality, and 25 year shelf life. And you know, my, my good friend Bob Griswold, uh, and I, I think he's the premier expert on survival, he th- says you need two years. DHS and FEMA say six months. Most of you, if you're typical, don't have six weeks. $100 off. Go to preparewithdave.com. Please don't put this off any longer because we don't know how much longer we're going to be able to offer this given the volatility of our society. So, so don't put this off. Secondly, if you have food, you better have water filtration. And the Naval War College says on the fifth day of a crisis, waterborne illnesses become the number one cause of death. So you have to have water filtration. You will not have trouble finding standing water. You'll have trouble finding drinking standable water. And this Aquapure Pro Water Filter with research attached on the website I'm going to give you will actually show how well this product works. 40% off. Go to waterwithdave.com. Become informed. Read the research. And then you'll say, wow, that's really good, Dave. That's very, very good. So you got food preparewithdave.com you got water waterwithdave.com and I just want to mention and oh by the way we have a TV show that's going gangbusters and it's exceeded everyone's expectations especially me and um, you know we're hearing from people Roku and all the TV sites and they're going man great job Dave well I'll tell you why we have no censorship we have no commercials and we only have great guests terrific guests Occasionally, I'll stick a monologue in there. I did a 45 minute the other day. I didn't know I could talk that long at one time, but 45 minutes, and I think you're going to want to hear what I had to say. Couldn't dare publish it in social media. And that's it no censorship, no commercials. $2.50 a month for the annual plan. That's less than a cup of coffee, and you can take a seven day free trial to see if you like the format. It's great. There's always tech support there. So, how do you get it? Go to the Common Sense Show. Dot TV, the common sense show dot TV. And I will tell you this there may come a day when yours truly will be broadcasting nowhere but there. And not by my choice, but because people don't want you to hear the truth. But we own the platform, they can't take that away from us. The common sense show dot TV. Well, joining us is Wrecker, federal law enforcement official. Um, we're vague for obvious reasons. And we're going to talk about all things civil war that are coming our way. And there's no mistake, we're clearly on that path. In fact, some people think we've already crossed the Rubicon. 
It's just the bodies haven't started piling up like cordwood yet. And we're going to talk about that. Now, I'm going to be, shall we say, facilitative in this interview and less participatory because of the highly secure nature of some of this material. I don't know exactly what Wrecker can tell us. So I've got to be open-ended, and I'm going to leave it to his discretion what he can say that won't get him in trouble. Wrecker, welcome to the show. Glad you could join us. Dave, thanks for having me back. Well, yeah. Hell, what do we begin? Um, it's definitely getting crazier. You know, we, we've been saying for months that it's going to get worse the closer we get to the elections, and lo and behold, it's getting worse. Uh, Portland is still out of control. Kenosha, Wisconsin was uh, able to get their madness under control, hopefully now until uh, the elections are done. But, you know, one thing sparks it off again. Uh, we already have something else going off in D.C. again. So, you know, it's a very volatile time. And law enforcement is under a very large microscope. And, you know, I, I want to start off by saying thank you to everyone who supports law enforcement. And thank you to everyone who uh, supports military, first responders, heck, that supports good teachers, you know, and, and supports our uh, our Christian brothers and sisters overseas. Uh, you know, the world's getting very dangerous right now. And people, your neighbors, you may not know it, uh, are thinking very terrible things right now, according to what's going to be happening uh, in the next couple of months with the buildup of this election. If we even have one at this rate, who knows? You know, every time I turn on the TV or I listen to uh, the news, they keep saying, well, Trump's going to screw up the election by X, Y, and Z. Every day the Democrats give us some new excuse, some new conspiracy theory. And Dave, I thought we were the conspiracy theorists. You know, I thought that it's funny how the <laughs> tables have flipped. Uh, but there's one thing that hadn't been uh, happening a lot lately, and isn't it interesting? There hadn't been any active shooters lately. Now, what do you so, make of that? that? That's a very good point. Well, not to be a conspiracy theorist myself, but, I mean, you know, some people say the active shooters are staged. Uh, some people say the active shooters are inside jobs. Uh, my personal experience... Uh, 99% of them are organic. They're, uh, they're people who are mentally deranged or demonically possessed, which those things seem to go hand in hand. And they're evil and they want to kill people. Uh, but right now, strangely enough, those same people can take that aggression, that anger, and take it out into the streets and burn, loot, and murder. Uh, so maybe that's one reason why we're not seeing it. Uh, schools aren't open back up. I... I always have a slight fear in my heart whenever schools open up because, honestly, I call that active shooter season. That's when it seems to happen the most, anyways. Uh, there's always some sort of a political uh, agenda behind active shooters, so we'll see. The closer we get, uh, we may see a couple of them. Uh, the thing that you know we're always looking for is the uh, polling and the ballots where people are going to be voting at, open and public. Uh, you always have people that are there to intimidate you, and you know you may get a drive-by. You you may get an active shooter at at one poll. Uh, I'm not saying it will happen, but I'm saying don't think that it can't happen because people are losing their mind right now, 
You know, it just takes that one political fanatic to say, I don't like this ideology or this group, and I'm going to shoot, you know, as many people as possible because, well, damn it, I feel like it. Uh, so always, always be smart whenever you're going out, especially the closer we get to October and to the voting. Uh, be very careful what you do. Get in, get out, don't linger. If you want to talk, go down the street and talk. But any place like this that is a real soft target, a high visible place. You know, most times there's going to be law enforcement there as well, but that doesn't, you know, stop a uh, or sometimes even unprovoked uh, attack on people. So, you know, just just keep your your head on a swivel and uh, stay prayed up. But it's not just that. It you know, it's it's going out to you know restaurants and movies and you know you name it. You want to just go have a nice evening uh, with your family or with your spouse or your loved one. And Black Lives Matter, Black Lives Matter starts banging on the door and walking in the restaurant. You know, you never know what's going to happen. So just everyone, please be safe. Be smart. Don't be a jackass during this point in time. Don't pick fights. That's one thing I, I feel like I have to say this to people. Stop picking fights. If you can walk away from a situation, just walk away. Let them chant. Let them be whatever they want to be. And it could be the right. It could be the left. I don't really care. But if people are there to disturb and you feel, you know, the need to do something, just get up and leave. You know, that's, so that's that's Wrecker's advice on that. Uh, but here's another thing. You need to take into some operational security right now with your own vehicle. I say sanitize your vehicle. Now, I love seeing thin blue line support stickers. It, it warms my heart to see that. I love seeing... You know, we proudly support the military, or we proudly support nurses, or firefighters, or EMS. I love seeing stuff like that. But you're going to make yourself a target to people who are after people like that. And right now, that's coming from the one political party, which is the extreme far left. Um, you know, so I would I would say until all this madness calms down, if it does ever calm down sanitize your vehicle don't let people know who you support you know if you want to tell someone you can tell someone but you know driving down the road and you have something on your vehicle man if that person just feels like going to prison that day they can swerve their vehicle into yours at 70 miles an hour and take you out and i'm not saying that as a hypothetical these things are happening all right road rage is a very serious thing and people get away with shooting at people driving down the highway all the time so that's that's one scenario just to just to think about. Uh, but in terms of this, I don't know if you would call it a future, upcoming, current uh, civil war that it looks like we're about to go into. And let me let me just stop right there. When we say civil war, we're not talking about the 1800s civil war. We're talking about a Bolshevik revolution, a communist revolution that has one political ideology against another political ideology, and you can divide those into different sectors and different factions, but it's a, it's, it's a politically based civil war. Uh, much, you know, into the extent as the original civil war was, but this is something very different. This is about the heart and soul of America. We're either gonna keep it or they're gonna burn it. Those of us who love this country, we want to keep this country. The ones on the other side, they want to destroy it for what 
whatever reason and for whatever excuse that they can give you, they want to destroy it. And they don't care who they hurt. If they truly believe in the communist handbook, if they truly believe in socialism, then they truly do not believe your life matters, period. I don't care what color you are. I don't care what religion you are. I don't care what sex you claim to be. Uh, last time I checked, there's still only two sexes. Uh, if you align yourself with one political ideology, you are the enemy. And that could be for either side. So just let that be a warning. Uh, for me, I, I consider myself a gray man. I like to play the gray man. It, the less you know about me, the better. That's why no one knows my name, right? Uh, operational security is something that we should all be striving for right now. You know, there's there's a huge turnout of people that previously were Democrat, now are going to be voting Republican, but they're not telling anybody. Why is that? Because they're afraid. Yeah. The spirit of the spirit of fear, as Pastor David Wilkerson had predicted, is affected this country. It's a blanket put over this country now. You know, we're we're seeing all kinds of plagues. We're seeing the the famine that's coming, natural disasters that are getting you know a little out of control here and there, and it hasn't been too bad yet, but it's coming. Uh, you're seeing the political unrest. You know, there's there's possible war with China, and that's a whole another uh, you know bowl of nachos that I don't want to get into uh, right now because the war with China is it's make or break for America. Because uh, that's going to divide the entire world on who aligns with who. And most of that's going to be based off of economics. But with the civil war in this country, there's going to be a domino-style effect is what I believe. Once the dominoes start to fall, people start losing control of their own faculties. You know, you'll have two factions go out and they'll protest. How uncommon is it to see the right at a protest and to see the left at the same protest and not see any weapons. When's the last time anyone could say they did that? Never. It's commonplace now. It's commonplace now to see weapons being brought out from both sides. That's interesting. The reason why that's interesting is because I'm pretty sure both sides have ammunition on them. I'm pretty sure at least one side knows how to work that weapon platform. The other, maybe they do, maybe they don't. Uh, but they both are packing ammo. Maybe they got around in the chamber. Maybe they know how to flip it off safe and pull the trigger. Why haven't they started shooting at each other yet? I do not believe that the right, and I hate it when I hear the politicians uh, call us the extreme right, the far right, uh, the you know whatever they want to call us, uh, because, of course, they have to paint us to be the enemies. They have to paint the patriots to be the enemies. Uh, why hasn't anyone started shooting at each other yet? It's because either both sides, or at least one side, and I think that's the right, is showing great restraint. But I'm here to tell you that the restrainer isn't the man or woman holding the weapon. The restrainer is God. The great restrainer when he releases his grasp and it's weapons free, God knows what's going to happen at one of those protests. I could tell you, as law enforcement, and both in the undercover and uniform, when we see things like this happen, when we see two groups showing up, both sides have weapons, we're not interjecting ourselves. 
if you both sides want to shoot at each other, well, there ain't too much law enforcement can do about that. We can't stop it. You know, they're not going to meet on a distant battlefield out in the middle of the savanna. You know, they're they're going to meet house to house on the road. They're you know they're going to meet in the town square or you know at some venue. These things keep happening more frequently and more frequently. And take a look at Kenosha. Kenosha is a great example of great restraint. Now, considering the fact that the left lost their absolute mind and was trying to burn that city down over a guy who is a felon, he's a felon, okay? I I hope you people understand what a felony charge means, but now I see his name spray-painted all over, you know, sports and on people's helmets and on people's shirts. You make me sick, every one of you that do that, Uh, but you're now mistaking good for evil and evil for good. When the Patriots showed up, because they, and I hate to say it like this, they pretty much had to help augment the police force. That's not what they did. And let let me clear that up. Law enforcement did not ask for civilians to grab their kit and to grab their weapons and to come assist them. They did that on their own. It was a, they were able for a period of time during that time, during these events, to quell some of the damage and to stop some of the rioting, but not all of it. They were there protecting what they could. Now, how many people shot other people? One kid. One kid did it because he was, he was viciously attacked. He was chased by a mob. How many times, Dave, do we have to sit back and watch kids being beaten by beaten and chased by a mob or the elderly or some random person because they happen to have a MAGA hat Uh, and you know sometimes those acts are provoked most of the time they're not or how many times do we have to watch our politicians and our political pundits who are patriots uh, even though some of them are a little confused uh, how many times do we have to watch them be chased in the capital of this country by an angry leftist mob Mobs are out of control. You know what most mobs did back in the 1800s when they caught people? They lynched them. Is that what we're coming to? Yes, it is. You know why? Because these same mobs are going to suburbs now, and they're bringing guillotines. Hello, Christians. When's the last time Record said, open up Revelation and start reading your damn Bible again? Get out from behind your phone. Get off the Internet. Read your Bible. We're living in this day of age. They're, the left, the anarchist, uh, communist, socialist, pedophiles, they're all, a lot of them are criminals, but a lot of them align themselves with Satan as well. They're bringing guillotines. What are guillotines used? Well, it's not for circumcision. It's for cutting your head off. It's for cutting your head off, okay? And these same stupid people who bring these guillotines out because either someone high up told them to do that or what, during the French Revolution, how many people got their head lopped off? Well, it was the royals. It was the hierarchy. And then what happened? They started killing their own people. So, hello, leftists. Your head can be on that pallet just as well as mine can. I'll gladly die for the name of Jesus. Will you? Will you die for the name of Satan? Remember that, because that crowd will turn on you just as fast as you turned on your own patriots, on your own countrymen. 
here's the scary thing about this. When guillotines are brought out, not Pelosi, Schumer, Biden, no one's asking, well, why is this peaceful protest bringing out an uh, ancient execution weapon that was used to brutally cut people's heads off? Because sometimes they didn't work so well, and they had to chop two or three times. That's why they had to put you know, extra weight at the top of it. No one's asking. No one's asking. You know why? Because they don't care. I, I, I have it in my mind now that the left does not care anymore about its own treatment. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is where you begin to have the revolutions and the civil wars. Because when one side does not care about the other anymore, they don't care about life, they don't care about liberty, and they don't care about your constitutional rights, what is stopping them? I believe it's the great restrainer. And when God lifts his hand off this country, when he finally lifts his protective hand off this country, it's game on. And I don't know what all that's going to entail from you know start to finish, but I can tell you Revelations explains a lot of it. Uh, you know, why isn't anyone from the right bringing out guillotines? Has anyone asked that question? Probably not. Probably because we're most of us are sane people and we don't believe in that barbaric stuff. But I'll, I'll warn you. I will warn you, leftists. You push the patriots too far. You make us go over that line. And I say us because we either all hang together or we hang separately. You push people over that line, and it'll be blood in the streets. You're going to push people to the point that they're not going to have a choice, which, Dave, I've been saying this for how many months now? No, no. The left is going to push us to the point that we don't have a choice but to react, which is what they want. I'll give it back to you. I would agree. That's exactly what they want because their goal is to escalate the violence. There is no other reason to be doing what they're doing. Um, well, it's even hard to know where to start. Um, guillotines will come in. I think they'll come in later. Um, but I think immediately what we're looking at here about what federal uh, agents that I'm seeing in the news headed to the hot spots. I don't know. I'll put it this way. I believe that what I know about Chinese activity north of the border, south of the border, that they're sending military people in here to teach discipline to Antifa and to Black Lives Matter. They're militarizing them. We know the Chicoms have already supported Antifa with uh, uh, material support in the form of uh, weapons, in the form of weapons parts. Um, and I think that both police and the Oregon State Police that have now been uh, federally deputized, I think they're going to face an increasingly more hostile and lethal force. Well, I think there's a possibility of that, and even more so. You know, how many people are embedded in this country that are just waiting for that text message, email, or phone call? It's it's game time. Go get your gear and meet me here. Uh, I think we're just, I think those people are waiting for the right time, and they may not all come out at once. You know, this may be a multi-pronged attack that may start off with little beta tests here and there to, you know, test that reaction. Unfortunately, with the way most law enforcement is structured, and I'm not going to talk about law enforcement operations, 
uh, I'm, I'm not going to get into ongoing operations or investigations, so sorry to burst everyone's bubble. Uh, but there is something as a credible threat there from the communist Marxists, uh, the socialists, from those who support uh, those countries who believe in communism. Because communism is the enemy of the free world. And in a place like Portland, I mean, one can only wonder, where did you get taught this? Who provided you this? Where did you get the money to stay at such a nice hotel in D.C. when you live on the other side of the country? Who bought that plane ticket? Because this takes a lot of budgeting. This takes a lot of moving parts around logistically. And not that we're not monitoring it, but it's, it's interesting to see that there's so much um, there's so much connectivity and interconnectivity amongst the spider web that Antifa, BLM, whatever uh, operate in. It's very well funded. It's very well organized. Luckily for us, most of the useful idiots that are out there are, like I just said, they're useful idiots. They're cannon fodder. These people are, are, are naive at best in what they think they can do. Uh, but that doesn't stop them from trying. You know, right now, they are being shown that they can get away with violent protests, which, I'm sorry, Chris Cuomo, but there's no such thing as a violent protest. Uh, but they can get away with rioting, mob-like uh, activities. You know, they can be as dangerous as they want. And no one is telling them no. No one from their political party is telling them no. If anything, they're emboldening them. So what I would like to see, me personally, so take take my my uh, my hat off, and just me personally, why haven't we taken down the politicians yet who support this? There is a law against funding terrorism. Well, here's another question. Why haven't we declared Antifa a domestic terrorist group yet? I don't know. I don't have the answer for you. I know I want them to be labeled that, but you open up a huge can of worms constitutionally, which is kind of a joke because of the Patriot Act, but you open up a huge can of worms, and that could be used against both sides. So just understand that. Uh, as we're already seeing people in one uh, three-letter agency that is grossly abusing their powers that were given to them by Congress... Uh, you know, I, I think what, what we see right now is the left is showing their hand and they're going to go as far as they can and use the political and legislative system as much as they can to do as much damage as they can until someone tells them to stop or someone makes them stop. I think Trump may try to make them stop and maybe A.G. Barr will help, maybe not. I don't know. I don't have a lot of faith in a lot of lawyers, so I'm, I'm going to leave that one there. Uh, but eventually, what is it going to come to? Is it going to come to a sheriff having to create his own posse to be able to protect his town? I'm completely for that. Are you? I, mean, I am. I'm, I'm for that. I am, but I, I will tell you this. Um, you're going to be limited in how far you're allowed to go. And the other side's going to be permitted to do more to you than you are to them in retaliation. Well, and see, 
there there's another problem with the matter. Let's say you created your own posse to protect your area, your county, your small town. Well, the statute of limitations is going to be, you know, what you're going to be based off of, what what your legal capabilities are that that sheriff grants you. Uh, you know, if it's support and law enforcement, well, that's going to be based off that political person. Uh, but it's going to come to the point where that's going to happen. You know, you keep targeting law enforcement, you're not going to have law enforcement. And as much as, you know, guys like me, I got like 15 years already or more invested in the government, you know, that's, that's a lot for me to just give up for retirement and say, you know, screw this. I'm going here and I'm going to stay at this area and I'm going to work a tractor supply until, you know, whatever. You know, that's a lot of time guys like me are going to give up, but I think eventually we may not have the choice because it's being, it's getting real dangerous to be a cop. It's getting real dangerous to be a first responder of any kind. And what's even more dangerous is not just stupid people who say they want to kill you and your family. It's the politicians who agree with it. You know, you can't do your job anymore and not expect to be under a murder charge that evening. So what's the point? You know, eventually cops are going to start dangerously hesitating. Oh, don't kill anybody because, oh, God, they'll call CNN on us. Uh, you know, and <laughs> it's, it's, it's getting to the point where it's already a bad training scar when people come up and they're videotaping law enforcement. You know, a lot of cops, they freak out. They don't know what to do. And it's not necessarily their fault. You know, cops, we, we expect to go out and protect the public for the most part. And when the public, you know, aggressively comes back at us, we don't always know how to, to react best in that situation. You know, you've seen the videos. Uh, but what happens when it's that angry mob with guns trying to interact with law enforcement? Antifa's already said that. Black Lives Matter has already said that. You know, uh, parts of these extremist groups have already said that they are going to confront law enforcement with guns. They did it in Kenosha. As the SWAT vehicle was pulling through, they were greeted by people with long rifles pointing it at their SWAT vehicle. Well, thank God no one killed them. They had every right to. You know, that's that great restraint. But eventually, that restraint's going to go away. Like I said, you push people into a corner, you're going to expect a reaction. Uh, and it's probably not going to be very, uh, very good for you. But, you know, this this is just the, the part of uh, what we're having to deal with right now. And I don't think it's going away anytime soon. Well, we said going on before we were on air, and I told you, I think you should treat all these situations involving Antifa and Black Lives Matter like you would any suspects. If they're armed and in the streets, the police give one warning, and there's not a second warning given. And that needs to be made clear to these people that's what's going to happen. Yeah, well, you know, like I said, with Tennessee versus Gardner, um, the Supreme Court has already said that, you know, you give a warning when feasible when it comes to a deadly interaction with a suspect. Uh, most cops are very well trained and very well astute in the law, and they understand when to apply that force and when not to. But your average civilian militia does not. Not saying that your average civilian militia is bad or is good, but that element of training is missing. Same thing, obviously, with the left 
and their mob. Dave, break this down for me real quick. If the right has a group of people with weapons, they're called a radical whatever and a dangerous militia. If the mob shows up with claw hammers, machetes, axes, uh, improvised explosives devices, improvised incendiary devices, and ballistic weapons, so we're talking about guns and you know all that kind of stuff, uh, they're called protesters or peaceful protesters. Is that not the same thing as the right? You know, they're they're already setting up the definitions for what I could expect to be is the future courts. You know, they're already saying that it's okay for them to do this. It's not okay for you to do this. That's what I'm saying. Like, if if Trump loses, if Trump loses the election, and I were a militia person and I was going out to these protests and I was, you know, fully armed and all that stuff, if Biden wins. Here's Rutgers' advice. Stop doing that. Don't do that anymore. Be a gray man. You know, don't even, I wouldn't even open carry. Not. I don't open carry regardless of the fact, because uh, tactically it's not a very sound decision, but I wouldn't put myself out there because I see that side of the radical left using everything they can against the patriot movement. And I mean everything they can. Heck, it wasn't too long ago uh, when Obama was president and before he was president, right-wing, white, Christian, uh, people who believe in nationalism, people who believe in God and Jesus, people who believe in the Second Amendment, you know, we were all basically on the terrorism watch list. Oh, to mention us veterans, so... What makes you think that they can't just pull that back and start reapplying it to people? I'm surprised it's not now. Um, I am too. I, I think bigger than confrontation on the streets, though, I think what we're looking at is a major incident that'll throw this all into hyperdrive. Yeah, I, I keep waiting for that that event-driven uh, scenario to happen and you know we we speculate a lot we've tried to, to scenario base this a lot to spitball it and you and I have done the same thing you know what would be that serious incident that would push people over the edge you know right now there's there's a bunch of situations like that uh, you know the young man that was killed recently by Antifa gunned down in the street in Portland Later that day, you can hear Antifa saying, we took out our own garbage, we don't need the cops, we killed another fascist, whatever. I mean, I mean, come on, people. They believe this stuff. They honestly believe this stuff. And yet the right did not come in with guns and try to confront them. You know, not saying that that's not on the table, but it hasn't happened yet. You know, what's going to be the major assault on the Patriot movement that's going to create them to shoot back? You know, I, I don't know. You know, could it be a, a MAGA rally? Uh, could it be the voters for Trump? You know, it, it could be it could be a myriad of things. But like I said, right now, thankfully, uh, you know, the the good citizens on the the patriotic right 
Uh, I, I hate calling it the, the right-wing extremists. I call it the patriotic right. Uh, you know, they're holding back a lot of restraint. The left is not. The left does not care. They've made it clear. They, they have no restraint. You know, they've already attacked people. They'll kick you in the head. They'll kill you. You know, they don't care. They attack men, women, and children. Years ago, I was in Portland, and we were working a, a very violent protest. You know, go figure, right? And these jackals were five or six people back within the protest, and they were shooting with, with slingshots, ball bearings at families, at children, at mothers and fathers, ball bearings. I mean, you hit someone the right way, you can kill them with that. And yet, no one shot into that crowd. Like I said, it's been, we've been showing great, great restraint. Law enforcement has shown great restraint. And the thing that really sickens me to my stomach about this, Dave, is that we really don't have to. We really don't have to. By the, by the Constitution, by the state-given powers of peace officers, and by the powers given to federal law enforcement, when you show us deadly intent, we can give it right back to you and we don't have to wait. That hasn't really happened yet. I think those days are coming. I think what we see is the left emboldening themselves because for whatever reason, our political leaders are telling you know, the, the heads of law enforcement, hold your guys back and let them burn, loot, and, and pillage the whole town. Uh, one day, there's going to be an event where they say, nope, we can't do this anymore. We have to go in. We have to suppress this. We have to stop this. And it's going to go very kinetic. Now, here's, here's what's scary. Hold on. Here's what's scary. We allow, we allow Antifa to do this in major cities. Would we allow the cartel to do that on the border? Well, to some degree we are. They're mechanized now. And we're allowing it speaks volumes it speaks volumes if I were the head of a law enforcement agency even a small local agency I would be looking for much higher firepower because let me tell you something the cartel have tanks they have legitimate yeah, that's true tanks and your average law enforcement officer does not carry enough firepower to stop what the cartel has there's nothing stopping these same idiots from creating the same vehicles. You know, this it's eventually going to come to a crescendo, and we're going to have to just deal with the scenario when it happens. And the infuriating thing about this is we could have stopped it a long time ago if politicians would have moved out of the way and let law enforcement do their job. And speaking of that, and I'll say this again, if you're a law enforcement uh, official that is within the hierarchy and you take orders from a politician who's telling you not to defend the people who entrusted you to defend them and to protect them, you need to rethink your position. You need to rethink what you took that oath for, why you, ca why you have that badge because you are betraying it and you're betraying every single brother and sister that wore the blue and that died protecting people you know, just 
Thank God no one's died from a building fire yet. Thank God no one has set like a nursing home on fire yet. You remember the Baltimore riots? They did that. They did it. You know, thankfully there wasn't anybody in there, but they were, you know, arson was was all the rage. And it's the same tactic being used now. For some reason, law enforcement now is just okay with you setting buildings on fire. I don't know when that became the norm, but it should have never been the norm. There's no reason, and, and you know, I know this is America, and we have rights, but isn't it about time that we do like some of the other countries in Europe and bring out the water tanks and just start pummeling people with water? It works. You know, I, I talked to some GRU guys uh, from Europe, and like, hey, when we bring out the water tanks, yeah, some people don't care, but most people would just run. You know, uh, and it's just water. You know, you know if they if they set a building on fire, at least you can put it out immediately, and you can also move a crowd and disperse a crowd. Uh, you know, we're not using these tactics because it's frowned upon in America. Well, I I think eventually you're going to have to call in the fire department and hook up to a fire hydrant and start squirting the crowd to get them to move back because we're already showing them that it's okay to do what you're doing. You know, law enforcement can only throw so many flashbangs and CS grenades and chemical irritants into the air, and it's, it's infuriating and it's exhausting to sit there and stand there and have these exchanges with people every day, every night. What is it, 96 days, 97 days now in Portland? This is ridiculous. We're, we're letting these people take over our country and very few of us are putting up a fight for it. You know, I'm not saying this is a call to arms, but the American patriots, the American citizens, need to start answering up to this. You know, I'm not saying meet these people on the street, because I, I can't condone that and I can't call for it. But what I am saying is you should be rapping on the door of your public officials. You should be you know, you should be asking them questions every day. Why are you allowing this to happen? As much as they love to do it to us, do it right back to them. You you have the right to do it. Well, the government likes it. Well, how do I say this? Anything that causes people to ask for more money is inflationary. And the government likes it because it pushes you into a higher tax bracket. And that's their whole goal here. They need to generate revenue because their economies are destroyed. But I think we all come back to the same single denominator. What's the line in the sand? I think the line in the sand is going to be when you can't you can't make a living anymore. When you have to go stand in the bread line, like in the 30s. You know, it's you want to push people to an extreme. Watch your children go hungry. I've been in multiple countries. And I've seen starving children, and there's nothing more heartbreaking than that. The average American does not know what that means. And I'm not saying all Americans. I'm saying the average American does not know what poverty means. And even those who grew up in impoverished areas of urban areas, you don't know what poverty means. And, you know, some people may take offense to that. I grew up poor. 
It's it, but in my terms of growing up poor, I had food on the table. You know, we had lights, we had a vehicle. However, comma, there are people in this world who don't have that, and they get along just fine without it. America is spoiled to the little treasures that we have, to your games and your internet and your TV shows and your distraction devices. You know, what happens when the power goes out and you don't have those devices to distract you anymore? You got to find entertainment some way. Is it riding? Is it protesting? Is it foraging? Is it hunting? Is it banding together in groups? It's going to be one of yeah, those because most people aren't, they're not going to just sit on their hands. Well, ultimately, there'll yeah, be a retreat it, to tribalism. I, I I would agree with you. Oh, well, I would base that, and, and I would base a lot of that off of economics. When you crash the dollar and you kill the dollar, and we can't go out and buy food anymore, or God forbid, one of these dams break and destroys, like the Orville Dam, destroys the ability to have crops in one area. And it's going to greatly affect commerce. It's going to greatly affect our economy. And everyone will suffer a little bit for it. For maybe not the beginning, but give it a couple weeks. You'll feel the brunt of it. You know, everyone loves the fact that gas, for the most part, has been under $2 throughout this country. Maybe some places it's still a little bit high. But for the most part, it's been under $2. What happens when gas gets up to 4 to $5 and you haven't been working? You know, these are these are what I call dangerous times because it's your perfect mix of political unrest, strife. You got possible famine coming. You got this uh, this wacky debate that's going to be coming up soon between communists and patriots. Potential war outside this country. Potential war inside this country. You throw in there the possibility of you not, you know. Sitting on, sitting at your table every day with your hands, with your head in your hands, saying, "How do I provide food for my family today?" People will get very desperate. I say, turn to God. Some people will turn to drugs. Other people will turn to alcohol. And when those run out, it turns to crime. I'll say this: No Jesus, no peace. If you know Jesus, then you do know peace. If Jesus is not in your life, Peace is not in your life. The first step to healing any of this is accepting Christ as your Savior. The second step is to love your neighbor as you love yourself. Unfortunately, those two things right now in this country are not being spoken of enough. Not that they're not being spoken of, but they're not being spoken of enough. And we have turned our eyes from what we know as good to what we know as evil, and we flip-flopped them. California now is encouraging pedophiles. You want me to tell you what I think the, the tipping point of imminent destruction is? Open child sacrifice in this country. I think we will eventually come to a time when we may see open child sacrifice and I'm not talking about the the uh, slaughterhouses, which are you know, pla uh, was it uh, the place where they go and kill the kids at uh, Planned Parenthood? Sorry, 
Uh, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about ritualistic sacrifices. The things that witches do that were in the Bible, you know, burning your child in the hands of Moloch or to Baal. You know, these are things that, as Solomon said, will end up happening again. I think we're coming to that because once you open up the door, you know, we've already opened up the door with the homosexuality thing and now the transgender thing and those demons are out of the box. Pedophilia will come next. Bestiality will come after that, and then it'll be open child sacrifice. And there's no stopping what happens after that because people will join in it. it you know, the Bible's already told us it's going to happen again. And it's scary when you think about what Jesus says, as in the days of Noah. Well, in the days of Noah, there was no love for law. And I don't mean the law of man, the law of God. They went against everything that was good and holy. That's going to happen again. And if you stand for what is good and holy, they're going to go against you, as Jesus also told us. They persecuted me. What makes you think they won't persecute you? you know, as Christians, we have to stay prayed up. We have to stay ready for these times. And I'm not a pessimist. I'm a realist. And I'm a Christian. I read my Bible, so I believe what my Bible tells me. We're going to go through some extremely hard times that this world has never seen before. We're not going to have answers for the things that we're going to be seeing, and you're not going to find answers in your political leaders or in most of your quote-unquote faith leaders that support communism. You know, These people, they're not going to give you the answers that they want. If anything, they're going to give you the antichrist. They're going to give you the beast system. This is already being talked about, Dave. When kids go back to school, what do they get? Well, they get the microchip in their hand, and then they get a little dye so that you know they can be scanned and everyone knows who they are. Is that not mark of the beast? Yeah, you know, it's, but it's, it's also the mark of the unscientific. <laughs> I mean, that's ludicrous. <laughs> you know, we are just about out of time here, and I and I um, wanted to take a minute and just just say, you know, I I completely unplugged you tonight. Because, first of all, I don't know what's permissible to say, and I don't want to cross the line here and compromise any operational activities. But secondly, um, I want to just get out of your way. And what, what you have said is coming up, I think, in the near future in these uh, hot zones, it's unknown what's going to happen. And I appreciate you bringing us up to date on it. I tell people to pray for the best possible outcome. And Wrecker, I'm just going to say to you, be safe, uh, and thanks for joining us. Thank you, Dave, and thank you, everyone, for listening. Take care.